Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hello, amazing humans. Welcome back to another episode. There is honestly not a lot that's new in my life because we're still in lockdown. How are we here? I cannot even, but it's fine. It's blue skies today. I have signed on a new client today. I went for a run. I danced a lot. I'm here recording a podcast episode. It's been a good day. So I'm actually really feeling okay with lockdown. Besides, obviously, if you listen to my last episode, you'll know that I was supposed to be in New Zealand right now, which would have been really lovely. But I'm not there. I'm here. And so I'm living in the moment, being in the present. So today's episode is going to be a little bit of a spicy pep talk. Um, It's coming from a place of me really wanting people to open their eyes to how they may be holding themselves back or keeping themselves small due to fear. And this fear can show up in a multitude of ways. Um, And sometimes it's not just fear, but it's a sense of overwhelm. So there's kind of like three primary ways in which we can tend to procrastinate. And I'm not talking about day-to-day procrastination from like uh, not being productive with your study or not, you know, completing that work task you want to do. I'm not talking about little day-to-day productivity stuff. I'm talking more about like the procrastination from making big life decisions that are actually going to really benefit you and you holding yourself back from doing things that actually move the needle forward due to either the fear or the overwhelm. So I'm going to dive in. As I said, there's three primary ways in which this can show up. And then the third almost has like sub beliefs or sub fears that fall off the core fear. But anyway, let's dive in. So the first thing that tends to show up for people is a sense of overwhelm. If someone is feeling too overwhelmed, there is too much cloudiness, too much fogginess. It's almost like having mist over your vision. There is no clarity there. It is full of confusion. You've got that brain frog you're overwhelmed and it's almost like the way I look at it is like having all of these moving parts up in the air everything is scattered around all of these decisions all of these things that need to be get done all of these possibilities these paths you can go down and everything is up in the air and floating around and you're almost having trouble catching something pulling it down in front of you and really looking at it it's almost like standing there and you're like almost like trying to catch everything and just like find your feet but everything is just flying about and the main reason for this is often uh it can be a multitude of things but i'm going to go into the main one so the the main reason this happens is because there are too many open loops Now, you want to look at an open loop like anything in your life that you've been thinking about that is on your to-do list or anything like that that is still left unfinished or incomplete. So you can have baby open loops and you can also have really big open loops. So like a really big open loop may be a university degree. You know, you're in third year 
and you've still got a whole nother year left, like that's quite a big open loop. And then a small open loop, for example, could be an assignment that you've got to be finished that hasn't been finished yet. Let's go even to a small open loop. You've known for two weeks now that you need to get toilet paper from Coles and every time you go to Coles, you keep forgetting to buy the toilet paper and so it's stuck in your brain. Because here's the bottom line, your brain doesn't want to lose in air quotation marks anything. It doesn't want to forget information. And this is a survival thing because when you think about it, if we go back to kind of hunter gatherer days and things like that, if you went hunting or gathering and there was a hole in the ground and there was, you know, a bear living in there in hibernation. Your brain wants to remember the path you went down and where that hole is with the bear sleeping in it so that it can avoid that track next time. Or if you went and you gathered berries and you picked some berries and they were poisonous and you had a really, really bad reaction, your brain wants to remember what berry was poisonous versus what ones are non-poisonous so that they can be consumed. Your brain wants to remember all of this information. It wants to remember as much as it can because the more your brain can remember, the more it thinks it has a better chance of survival. So let's kind of fast forward into 2021 There are so many things that are not life or death. We're not going to die if we eat a berry or, you know, walk into a hole with a bear living in it. But our brain still works the same on a, you know, foundational level. So your brain doesn't want to forget that it's got to get toilet paper. Your brain doesn't want to forget about that assignment that's due. Your brain doesn't want to forget that you're catching up with your friend Emily on Wednesday at 10 a.m. It, it doesn't want to forget anything. So if you have all of these open loops, your brain is working in overdrive to keep all of these tabs open. And, you know, imagining your brain like a computer that every single thing that has to get done is another open tab. If you keep opening tab after tab after tab and you're never closing any, then you can guarantee that you're going to hit a point where your computer is going to crash, shut down, break altogether, restart, whatever. It's just not going to start working uh, properly. It's going to start getting slow, getting clunky, or as I said, completely breaking. Your brain is really, really similar. So there are a couple of ways in which we can ease open loops. Now, the first being that, as I said, your brain doesn't want to lose anything. It doesn't want to forget anything. But if you can find a place to plant or put down those open loops where your brain feels safe to kind of close the tab because it can reopen it, well, that's kind of going to be okay. So let's bring this back to the analogy of the computer. If you've got a bunch of tabs open, right, and you're starting to open tab after tab after tab, but you've got a few pages that you know that you really want to come back to and you can't forget it, but you've got a whole bunch more tabs that now need to be opened and you're like, well, what do I do? Like, I can't have all of these tabs open. You could bookmark a page. And then if you close it off, you know that now it's a closed tab, but at any given time, you can return back to that bookmark and you can open that page. So when it comes to your brain, a way in which you can do this is things like to-do lists or writing things down, whether it's like on paper or whether it's in the notes on your phone or something like that. So really getting crystal crystal clear about all of your open loops, the big ones right through to the teeny tiny ones that, you know, you need bananas, you know, whatever it is, making sure that you're getting everything down, written down somewhere. And that just means that 
all of these things that your brain's trying to hold on to, it's actually going to feel safe letting go and closing a few tabs and knowing that it's going to come back. So it's like, I don't know if you've ever gone to Coles before and you think maybe I should write a list because it's not like you need two things. You kind of need like six or seven things and you feel like six things isn't really enough to write a list, but it's kind of too many to remember, but you go in anyway and every single time you forget something, every single time. And it's almost like your brain is like, now nah, I've got to remember, got to get bananas, got to get toilet paper, got to get new bin bags and shit, what was it? You know, it's like your brain almost like hurts trying to remember. Stop trying to remember, put it all down on paper, park it somewhere and you're, I can trust, I mean, trust me, your brain is going to feel so much more clear. Then it comes to all of the, the bigger open loops, the medium loops, the really, really big loops. And just like writing down, what are all of my open loops right now? With that, getting really crystal clear on what open loops are sitting there that could be closed in five minutes, 10 minutes, one hour, like that could be closed really quickly, but you're just procrastinating or avoiding doing them and just making a commitment to do them. Just getting them done simply for the fact that it's going to close more of those open loops and give your brain more space and more capacity, which means that you're going to have more clarity, which is going to reduce your sense of overwhelm, right? And if you can reduce your sense of overwhelm, then the beauty here is that the less overwhelmed we are, the more relaxed we are. And the more relaxed we are, it means there's less noise and our intuition has a chance to speak which is the end goal. It's what all of us want. All of us want to be able to make, you know, really aligned decisions, feel, you know, in alignment with our intuition and making sure that we are making soul-led decisions, not decisions out of fear or what we think we have to do or we should do. We want to make sure that we're making decisions that come from a very, very heart-centered, intuitive place. But you can only hear your intuition if there's not a bunch of noise going on. So number one, close your open loops or at least put them somewhere to rest so that your brain can feel a lot more calm and a lot more clear. And this is actually um, why with a lot of my clients who have trouble falling to sleep just because their brain is so overactive, I actually get them to do a thing called brain dumping, which is where they have a notepad and a pen next to their bed. And I just tell them when you're struggling to fall asleep because your brain is really overactive, just get it to write down everything that's coming up, whether it's a thought, whether it's a creative idea, whether it's something you forgot that you need to get from the supermarket, doesn't have to make any logical sense. Just jot it all down and trust me, your brain is going to be so much more relaxed rather than feeling really, really wired. The second reason we hold ourselves back from taking action is because we are indecisive. We don't know what decision or what action we actually want to make. And this actually isn't because you're an indecisive person. I know. I just dropped something, right? So many of you, I bet, are listening right now that you have the narrative that you're an indecisive person. I'm going to break a secret to you guys. You're not indecisive. You fear making the wrong decision and you fear making the wrong decision because you lack self-trust. You are not an indecisive person. You are a person who lacks self-trust. You don't trust yourself to make the right decision. 
That is what it really comes down to. So the second thing is if you are someone who you know, you feed into the narrative of being someone who's really indecisive, or if you're someone who's always asking people around you for advice on what the right decision you should make is, and you're always looking for external validation or proof or evidence, and you go back and forth and back and forth between decision making, I would really ask you to get curious about whether it's actually because you are afraid of making the wrong choice And then taking that a step further and asking yourself why you're afraid of making the wrong choice, what you think is on the other side of that decision. Which leads me into my third point and the biggest point, people don't take action because they're afraid of failure. This is the biggest one I hear. I hear it so often and there are variations of this. It's that you fear abandonment you fear embarrassment, you fear, um, you know, your safety or your survival. But at the end of the day, it's fear. It's all fear-based. And the biggest piece of that is fearing failure. But what I want you to have a think about and just bring to surface is this idea that you don't actually fear failure itself, right? Not achieving something, that's not very scary. Or starting something and not finishing it, not very scary. Failure itself is not terrifying. It's what you think failure says about you as a person or what you think will happen to you as a result of the failure. So I'm going to say that again, failing failing isn't the scary part. It's what you think failure says about you or what's on the other side of the failure that scares you. And that comes down to the fear of not being enough, the fear of not being worthy, the fear of not being loved, the fear of feeling empty, of the fear of feeling unsuccessful, all of those kind of things. So it's not actually failure. It's really all of the feelings and the emotions that you think will come as a result of failing that you're really, really trying to avoid. And as a result of this huge fear of failure that shows up, we often are so terrified that we make excuses as to why we shouldn't do something. Now, with this little pep talk, I want to set something really, really clear. There is a difference between not doing something which in your heart you know isn't right for you or you logically and intuitively know doesn't make sense versus something that you really want, something that you really desire and something that your intuition fucking knows to your core would be good for you, but you're still too scared to do it because they're two very different things. So as a coach, I'm going to use the example of investing in a coach because that's obviously the space I'm in. Someone could tell themselves that they're not ready or they don't want to invest in a coach. Um, And that could be for a very good, very aligned reason. It could genuinely be because they're not in a space where they need one. They could have just finished working with one and they want space to integrate. Um, There there are a whole range of reasons as to why you wouldn't invest. And it could make perfect, logical, aligned sense. However, there are a large percent of people that are so drawn and magnetized towards specific coaches or programs, offerings, whatever, And they know deep in their core that working with this person could really benefit their life. It could benefit their mental health or their physical health or their performance, whatever it is. And they know how much they could get out of it, but fear holds them back. 
the fear of failing, the fear of wasting time, the fear of wasting money, the fear of investing in themselves, feelings of not being worthy of that investment, a fear of letting their coach down and being embarrassed. It's just fear, 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 fear. And this is the stuff that I want you guys to start calling yourself out on. As I said, it's not about the things that aren't right for you. And, and feeling guilt tripped into not doing them. It's about the things that you know are for you, but you keep holding yourself back because of these bullshit reasons that make no logical sense. Now, what I want you to realize is your body is primed to keep you safe. Everything within you is wired to look for safety first, survival first. And your nervous system will feel really dysregulated if something like if something feels like it's not going to keep you safe, but anything that is new isn't going to feel safe because it's unknown and what's unknown is scary. So this is where you need to understand that sometimes just because something feels scary, just because something feels dysregulating for your nervous system, it doesn't mean it's not for you. It just means it's new and your nervous system is adapting to this newness and that feels scary. I want you to understand that so often we tell ourselves we'll be happy when. We'll be happy when we have the relationship or we'll invest in the coaching when we save a bit more money or we'll just wait until after our wedding or we've got a lot of social events on now so later When I finish my uni degree, when I do that, when I start that, I'll apply for that job when. It's like all of these things, like we do it with relationships, we do it with friendships, with our careers, with our health, with our mental well-being. We do it in every single area of our life. We tell ourselves we'll do it when. And here's the bottom line. 95% of people don't do it then. I have had, like if I honestly had a dollar for every time someone has applied for coaching and then said, awesome, babe, I'll be back in touch after my wedding. I'll be back in touch after this thing, when I finish my study, when I save a little bit more money and I never fucking hear from them again. And mind you, it's fine. I don't mind because I have an abundance of of clients who are ready and are taking action and there are going to be a percent of those people where their life circumstances changed and that's fine. But I'm talking about the people that are doing this time and time and time again with not only myself, but with different coaches, with their friendships in relationships, and they are constantly doing it as a coping mechanism And I spoke about on my Instagram story today about how this is such a win-win. And when I say win-win, it's actually a lose fucking lose, but it's a win-win for the brain in the sense that when we tell ourselves, I'm going to apply for that coaching program as soon as I save more money. One, our ego gets a fucking delicious, juicy hit a huge ego boost of imagining that we're going to be doing this coaching and all the stuff that's going to come from it. And we're going to take all this action and we're so brave and we're amazing and we're powerful and we're going to be doing this thing for us. And so it gets this huge wave of endorphins and excitement and feel good. And, um, you know, just this huge boost from what it's imagining it's going to do. But secondly, It doesn't actually do anything. You're not even taking the action yet. You're just imagining yourself taking the action. You're absorbing all of the good feelings from that. And you get to keep yourself safe without actually even doing anything. That's bullshit. That is such bullshit. 
This is where you need to stop rewarding yourself until you take the action, until you do the fucking thing, until you do the scary stuff, right? Because unless you're actually taking action, you're only imagining yourself moving forward. You're not actually moving forward. It's complete like fallacy. Like it's not, it's not anything, but we get this sense of achievement just from imagining it. It's wild. And we do this all the time. And I have done this so many times, guys. I have done this so many times throughout my life um, in, you know, in so many different areas of telling myself I was going to start something and I never started it, but it felt really good imagining that I was going to. Um, So this is where I want you guys to start calling yourself out on the things where you're telling yourself excuses. You're telling yourself that you don't have time. You don't have the money. You don't have the resources. The timing is off. You've got to finish this thing first. You've got to start that. Stop with the excuses. And I'm going to use an example, right? I have had people get on a call to work with me for coaching who I know would have the money sitting in their bank account, ready to go, ready to pay up front, but they tell me they can't afford it or they tell me they definitely are going to do it when they save more money because they have the money, but their body feels so dysregulated and they have learned that, you know, money has almost become like a safety net for them. So they want to save more money It's almost like they want to save double what they already have. So when they spend, they've still got a big nest egg sitting there and that feels really good for them. Versus I had someone get on a call with me last week inquiring about business coaching and we got to the end of the call and she's like, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I literally do not have a cent, but I am going to go to the bank today as soon as I get off this call with you, I'm going to go to the bank and I'm going to apply for a credit card and just pay it up front because I see the worth in this. Now, do not twist my words. This is not me encouraging everyone to go out and get credit cards and pay for coaching with it. Um, it's it, But it's just about saying, because that could be so wrong for the wrong person, right? Because that could actually feel really dysregulating. It could mean that you feel so fucking in a fear fear mindset because you know you've got bills to pay that exacerbates everything you're already feeling your anxiety goes through the roof and then you actually feel 10 times worse so totally wrong for the wrong person it's not about saying that this is what you need to do it's just about giving you an alternative perspective of the kind of different differentiation in mindsets that I see of people who are in a fixed mindset of it's either this or it's that it's yes no dangerous safe can can't versus a growth mindset which actually doesn't have end answers or end outcomes it asks questions how can I make this work how can I do this why do I want this why is that working that way how can I overcome you know it's always like the how and it's always question asking and nothing is like uh, final that's the difference between a growth mindset nothing is final so This is your permission slip to think about the things in your life that your intuition knows is right for you and you're holding yourself back from doing them or starting them due to fear or due to excuses that aren't real. Don't judge yourself in that. Just sit and observe and acknowledge what is coming up for you, the fear that is coming up, the narratives that are coming up for you and asking yourself, what is real 
what is logical, what is fair, what is true, and what is just a fear-based story, what is a coping mechanism and a protective mechanism. And then it's a really fine line between being greater than your mind, being greater than the fear, but also making sure that you don't fully dysregulate yourself. The way you want to imagine it is like there's a little circle around you and that circle around you is your comfort zone. And then you've almost got a second circle outside of that, which is the space beyond your comfort zone. But then I want you to imagine that you've got a third circle, which is wider than that, which is the anxiety zone. And that is when you stretch yourself so far, like way too far out of your comfort zone to the point that it feels 10 times worse. So you really want to navigate this area between if you feel safe in in what you're doing, if you're trying to grow and be safe at the same time, doesn't make fucking sense because you only feel safe in what's known. And if it's what's known, then it's your current circumstances. And if it's your current circumstances, then it's not new. It's not growth. It's not change. So understanding that if you want to expand, if you want to grow beyond your current limitations, you are going to have to be uncomfortable. You cannot comfortably grow. It makes no logical fucking sense. However, I want you to see yourself in the position you're in and know what your limitations are and know what stretching yourself too far means for you. Because as I said, in that example of going and um, putting down, you know, money on a credit card to pay for a coach, that could feel really scary, but expansive at the same time of like, oh my God, holy shit, there's so much on the line, but I know I can do this. I believe in myself and it feels really, really nerve wracking, but Like I've got this and if all hell breaks loose, I know I've got people around me that could support me or, you know, I can go on the fucking doll, whatever it is, doesn't matter. But for someone else, putting that down could mean that they cannot sleep, they cannot eat, they are so anxious about the money that they owe and the loan they have on that credit card that they basically like their brain goes to the mush. If we come back to the point one of the open loops, the cloudiness, the fogginess, they are feeling so overwhelmed that they don't even have the clarity to then get the best out of their coaching experience. Now, I'm going to say that's a very small percent of people. I'm going to say 90% of people will fit in that category. And of that 90%, probably only 10% actually do. So this is where, again, call yourself out on your bullshit. Be a realist. Know what your comfort zone is, what is that space and that circle outside of your comfort zone, and then what are your absolute limitations. And make sure that you're doing more things that make you uncomfortable without stretching you too far beyond. So I invite you to sit down after this podcast and actually just go through all of your life areas, like go through your relationship, your friendships, your career, uh, study, money, finances, self-development, everything. And then think about what are the things that your intuition is asking you to do, the decisions you're you wanting to make, you know, all these sort of things, but you're holding yourself back due to fear. And I know today's episode was heavily based on coaching and money and stuff like that, but it's just stuff that I obviously see come up a lot because I am a coach, but it doesn't actually have to include money at all. 
It can even be things down to really wanting to put yourself back out there with dating again, but you tell yourself that you've got to heal your wounds first, or you've got to leave X amount of time, or, you know, you just tell yourself this stuff, or it could be the opposite. It could be a relationship that you're in that you know is toxic for you, but you tell yourself that you have to wait for after this occasion, or, you know, their mental health's not amazing. And so which mind you, please don't twist my words. There definitely is a bad time to do it. But I'm talking about the times where it actually isn't going to get any easier, but you keep telling yourself you've got to wait or whatever it is. So you can see it's not always actually about money. It's just about the emotional dysregulation of your body and the things that you and the actions you should be taking in your life that you're not taking because you're afraid. You're not going to eat a poisonous fucking berry. You're not being chased by a bear. The, the fear that you're feeling in your life right now, you are not going to die. And this is the thing in so many things, we literally are so afraid we feel like we're going to die. We feel like if we film ourselves and post it on Instagram talking for our business page, that, that feels like we're going to die. It feels so terrifying putting ourselves out there. We feel like telling our love interest how we really feel that feels like we can we're gonna fucking die you know these things in our life that feel so scary and so dysregulating it feels like a bloody life or death situation we feel so afraid but really ask yourself am I gonna fucking die from this and if you're not just do it stretch yourself beyond your comfort zone because I fucking promise you there is so much magic there is so much expansiveness there is so much like love and excitement and juiciness to be had in that space beyond your comfort zone but you have to be willing to be uncomfortable to get there so as I said take some time after this episode and really think about what those things are that you're avoiding doing that you're procrastinating from because you're afraid and just do them. All of those things that feel in alignment, that feel expansive, that feel magnetizing, but you're afraid, you have the permission to take action and just know you are going to be okay. It is always going to be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it is not the end. I hope you got something out of this short but sweet episode. Sending you guys so much love. Go out there, face your fears and do some epic shit. And I will see you in the next episode.